If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello to everyone out there in podcast land. This is the multiplayer gaming podcast where three lifelong gamer dads get together to talk about video games. Today is a Deep Dive Monday, and we will be breaking down the puzzle platform game Ib and Ob. But before we do that, please make sure to follow the pod so you get all of our episodes, rate our show five stars, and leave a written review. We also have a Patreon page where you can help financially support what we do starting at $5 a month. Anybody who signs up on Patreon gets a shout out on the show and will also receive two bonus episodes every month. Come check it out at MultiplayerSquad.com. All right, then. I am your host, Paul, and it's very hard to make any jokes about this uh, introduction because of the nature of the game. Uh, Joining me, he can be our Ib this episode because, I don't know, he's short and green. It's Josh. Yeah! Ib lovers unite! (laughs) Come on, Ib followers! (laughs) And then Ib, joining Ib for president. <laughs> Ib for president. Ib 2024. All right. And then joining us, since Ib's already taken, I guess that makes him the ob because maybe he likes the color pink. It's Michael. Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody join me on Team Ob. I'm a little taller. I'm better. <laughs> Team Ob. Ob for president 2024. Let's, let's be honest. Everyone go. knows that Michael's the ob one in this group oh man oh it was right there michael it was like the lowest hanging fruit have you been uh, holding on to that for like the whole week waiting oh to say weeks it? man weeks <laughs> i'll probably use it again in this episode yeah. to be honest just because it's 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 right there it's coming it's coming oh my goodness all right well we're gonna jump into the deep dive here in just a moment but before we do that we do have a very exciting brand new segment for you Ooh. all we have decided to call this our streamer of the week. Michael, take it away. Tell the people about this. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we value most about this podcast is the incredible community that we have. You know, if you're on Discord, people talk about it all the time. They're like, I, I cannot believe how great this community is. And so in the spirit of our community, we're adding something that's new just for you. Because every once in a while, we're thinking, you know... We'd like to recommend like a Twitch streamer or a YouTuber that we think our community would really like. And we have really great tastes, so you should listen to us. So what goes into picking this? What's our choice for recommendations? We like to select people who play a variety of games that we recommend you play or play, you know, in our deep dive episodes or just, you know, 
variety of fun and popular games. And also, we like to point out people who seem to have a good community that actively, you know, are engaged with their viewers and so forth. So, and sure enough, I want to point you out to... That was a weird choice of word order there. I want to point you out. I want to point. Yeah, stuff happens. I want to introduce you to a great friend of the show who streams consistently on Twitch. And this is Anna Cake Live. So Anna Cake Live, uh, this week she was streaming Diablo 2 Remastered and Diablo 3. Great games. We love them. Talk about them on the show. She's constantly engaging her chat. And we know it's important to you. Just how we always engage you guys on our Discord or wherever else you talk to us. So, uh, one thing also is Anna Cake Live also has a rocking accent because she's from Germany. So you hit that multicultural <laughs> button, sure you know? Oh, it's, I, I love listening to her because I'm it's just great. like, she sounds so great. Uh, but seriously, I'm addicted to her stream. And I think you guys as our listeners will love her as well. So go check her out. Be sure when you go check her out that you tell her that we sent you. Because that feels warm and fuzzy. Everybody loves it, right? And, uh, you know, also while you're there, make sure you hit the follow. Because just like we're wanting to grow our podcast, she wants to grow her stream. And that helps her out, too. So one last thing. Don't forget, though, as always, if you really like what she does, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can also give her money for free. It doesn't cost you anything by subscribing to her channel. So go check out Anna, Click, uh, Anna Cake Live, uh, one of my favorite streamers. Go check her out. And also, we're putting the link in the description below. So just go do it. Well, yeah, thanks for that recommendation, Michael. Hopefully people will go check that out. This is a segment that we're probably not going to have every single week, but every once in a while, we just want to highlight someone that, you know, we appreciate their work. They appreciate ours, you know, just to let people know what else is out there. Absolutely. So, you know, that's just kind of the idea here. All right. So now going into our Ibn Ab conversation here, some people might be wondering, what is this game? I had never heard of it before. It is a little bit older. It came out in 2013. Josh, do you want to tell the people why we're deep diving it today? Uh, who doesn't want to play a game called Ibn Ab, man? <laughs> you know, uh, That's all no, you need. It hooks so, you right there. That's all you need. Sh- so, show's over. Go play it, guys. <laughs> this game was actually one of the games that was chosen by a legendary supporter. So Marble Madness, uh, who became a legendary supporter of the podcast. You know, Thank you to all our supporters of this podcast, because if you're listening right now, one of the supporters is the reason you're listening, because it w- it's what makes all of this possible. Um, but Marble Madness went legendary, which gives you the right to pick a game for us to deep dive and they kind of uh you know they 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 thought about it for a little while and they said hey you know i've got a couple games i'm thinking about and we said take your time there's no rush and then marble came out and said hey i want you guys to play this game called ibn ab and I went, what, what? <laughs> it, like the what? And Did he you was have a like, stroke? Yeah, like right. Ibn Ab. Like I have never even heard of this game before. Um, and uh, and he said, you know, I've played this game. It's a couch co-op game. There's not enough of these games anymore. Uh, you know, it's good to to. to I want to hear your thoughts on this. It's it's a cooperative game. You basically have to play with somebody else. You can play solo, but this game is not meant to be played solo. In fact, I'm not sure it would even work all the way through as a solo game. Um, and then we kind of went like, dude, I love finding out about games that I have never even heard of before. And so I got really excited in a couch co who doesn't love a good couch co-op game at the same time. So that's why we're doing this deep dive. Thank you, Marble, for picking this game. And we're going to break it down for everybody else that goes, Ibn Ab, I've never even heard of this. Well, we're going to break it all down (laughs) for you. We're going to let you know what we think about it and whether this game uh, might be worth you checking out. Ibn Ab sounds exactly like something that comes out of my mouth right before Paul hits the Mario death button. (laughs) 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 Pretty much. (laughs) 
Uh, I will say that the timing of this worked out beautifully because Marble chose it and we all brought up our Steam pages and the game was on Steam sale. So it was like $2.39. Yeah. And we're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's a nice, cheap game. Low stakes. Even if we hate it, at least it's a cheap one. And yeah, especially to play couch co-op games, you know, we don't get a chance to do a whole lot. I actually played it for free on PlayStation Plus. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. That, that's even better. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that we've covered everything by way of housekeeping. And so if you guys want to become a legendary supporter like Marble Madness, MultiplayerSquad.com takes you to our Patreon page. And we just knocked out a couple legendary picks back to back. Last week, we did Dungeon Defenders. Today, we're knocking out Ibn Ab. And then moving forward, we'll be back to our regular schedule. So deep dives will only be every other Monday. And uh, this just gave us a good chance to start out the year strong and knock out a couple of these legendary picks. All right. Well, guys, scoot down the couch, make some room for this couch co-op game, and let's deep dive Ibn Ob. Okay, here's a description of the game on Steam. Ibn Ab is a two-player cooperative game set in a puzzle-filled world where gravity goes both up and down. You can only succeed by working closely together. Find a friend for some true local co-op couch fun or match up online. And so uh, I will add in here that Ibn Ab originally released on the PS3 back in 2013. A year later, it came out on Windows, and also it is now on Switch. Um, for some reason, they waited all the way until 2020 to port it. But you can pick it up also on the Switch. Now, since we're talking about a couch co-op game, this has been coming up a lot lately in our Discord. A lot of people have asked for recommendations. A lot of people are looking for couch co-op games. What is it about this genre? Like, what makes a couch co-op game so much fun when it works well? It's the cooperative nature. I mean, it's in the name. It's couch co-op. It's not, these games aren't great because you have a really comfy couch to sit on. I mean, that definitely helps the enjoyment factor, but it's the co-op nature. Um, so, you know, Paul, you and I basically played through this entire game together. Michael, you played with your buddy that you said comes over and, and, uh, plays the Steam Deck with you, My right? Steam Deck pal Steven. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is, I, you know, without touching base on the game at all, because I don't want to spoil anything, I will say that I instantly love the fact that Paul would message me or I would message Paul and say, Hey, do you have, do you have time to play? Do you want to hop in? And the second he was like, Yeah, let's go. I just get excited. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not the game necessarily. It's just the fact that you are doing something with a friend. You are hanging out virtually with somebody. You have a common goal. The working together part is it feels good. Like when you accomplish something with a friend, that feels better than if you just accomplish something by yourself. We all love single player games. You know, if I beat a boss in Elden Ring, I definitely fist bump and I go, yeah, but there's nobody there to share the experience with, <laughs> you know, and in, in a game like Ibn Ab or any couch co-op, if we do something and we go, yeah, I've got Paul there going, yeah. <laughs> or, to, or to rib each other when you die in a really stupid oh, way, which we yes. both did multiple times. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I, I think also, like, I played it as an actual couch. We literally played on my couch. Like, literally played on my couch with PlayStation controllers. But, like, I was like, hey, man, you know, you haven't been over in a couple weeks. Cruise on by, bring the Steam Deck. And he came by, and I was like, actually... I think I want to play this game instead. Check it out because you're here. Let's do this couch co-op game. We literally got a pizza. We each had a little <laughs> glass of scotch and we just hung out and made an event of it. There's something about like 
hanging out in person with a friend that just can't really be duplicated over Discord or something. And I think that's why couch co-ops still like are just the best because you're hanging out you're physically in person you can pause it take a break go do something we went out and had dinner come back something like that and it just it's it's i just wish we had more good couch co-ops out there because it's so hard to find them nowadays yeah and back then i feel like in the mid to late 2000s we had such a slew of them oh yeah and even in the early 2010s you know, for me, I think when couch co-op games work the best, it's when they are puzzle oriented, like Ibanob, because you can have co-op games like New Super Mario Bros, right? And that's where it's a little more chaotic, especially if you throw three or four people on at the same time. And I remember playing a lot of that game with my wife and our two oldest kids. And if someone fell behind, we would like yell at them, like just turn into a bubble. Like, just let me finish this level. And it's just more chaotic, and there's not much thought behind it all. And even though it's cooperative, you're you're still almost battling each other because someone's running too fast or whatever. And so I really appreciate when it's puzzle-oriented, where there's a lot of communication. And especially in a game like Ibn Ab, we'll probably get into this, where you first look at the puzzle and you think, there's absolutely no way that you can get past <laughs> this with the mechanics of the game. And you start tinkering and trying different things, and all of a sudden it clicks and the light bulb goes off. And to me, that is the fun of the shared experience. You both figure out that puzzle together. And I think that's when it really works best. Now, now, Michael, you mentioned, you know, we don't get a whole lot of these couch co-op games anymore. Why do you guys think that is? Why did this genre kind of die off? I just think that it's so much easier to market something that is anybody can play multiplayer like on Steam and via Discord. It's just the way culture is nowadays, especially I mean, look at look at COVID as well. You know, like couch cost probably not the most popular thing in the world during a time when you can't be six feet near each other, you know? <laughs> I just and I, I don't know exactly what happened. I think slowly it was a phase out because we can do this online technology. That we just did. Whereas before, we couldn't. If you wanted to play something together, you either had to go over and have a LAN party and bring your computers or your PlayStations or Xboxes together, or you played a game together on the same machine as a couch co-op. I think that we just kind of moved on from it. I I think it has partly to do with complexity, because most couch co-op games are very simple in nature. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because it needs to be because you, nobody wants to spend the first hour explaining how this game is played, mm. you know, to to your buddy where it's like, hey, you want to play this game with me? Sure. OK, sit down for an hour while I explain the mechanics to you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah. or it's just that, you know, by nature of having dual inputs, you know, on something that they need to keep it simple or, you know, maybe it's just. I mean, maybe even innovation to a certain degree like these, you know, we've seen all these games, you know, and and people are having a hard time innovating. I think the other thing it could be is also, unfortunately, like money driven, because if you have a couch co-op game, you only need to buy one game and anybody can play. You can have 18 people Mm. come over and play this game with you, which means (laughs) that's 17 copies that they're not selling to somebody else. I love the Joseph Ferris games where yep. he, you know, if you buy this game, you get a free copy to give to a friend. Now it's a limited copy. They can't launch the game and play it with somebody else, but that is the perfect solution to something like that. I just don't know if people are craving 
like more complexity and that's why the simple nature of couch co-op is dying i mean obviously the rise of the internet and the ease of which we play multiplayer games comes into play i don't need to go to paul's house to play this game with him there's a convenience factor there but sometimes there's a little bit of that magic that's lost in the convenience too yeah i think um just an added thought real fast to one of the first real couch co-ops that i played uh, on the 360 was Gears of War, and it like broke the world open. It's like, holy cow, this game is better if you play with two people. If you played solo, it was kind of just not the same experience. And everybody I know wants more games like that, but it just it's just not a thing anymore. Yeah, I will say it definitely depends on your teammate. I remember going through the Halo campaign of uh, Combat Evolved, and my brother-in-law couldn't help himself and would always throw sticky bombs on me and we would lose <laughs> so much progress to where I hated playing that campaign in co-op. Uh, so yeah, I think it also, yeah, you, you gotta have a good teammate with you. Agreed. All right. Now I do have a couple of facts about the development of Ibn Ab that I thought was kind of interesting. So this game was actually started by a person named Richard Bosner and he started it as a graduation project. And a couple years later, it made its debut at IndieCade in 2008. Now, as a side note, there's another deep dive game we did that started off as a graduation project. Do you guys happen to know what it was? Splitgate. Splitgate. Yeah. Yep. How funny now that we have two games that were like graduation yeah. projects. Yeah. So the names Ibn Ab were taken from a book called The Well of Lost Plots, where there are two characters that literally have those names, Ibn Ab, all lowercase. And in this game, it's stylized all lowercase in honor of that. And also the game was originally titled Brothers, which I thought was kind of funny because we have other games already called Brothers now. But ultimately, they decided to change it because they wanted it to relate to friends, parents and children. They didn't just want to like try to limit it as Brothers. So they ended up changing the name to Ibn Ab down the road. That's why I think Brothers is kind of a forgetful name. Like Ibn Ab was yeah. a good choice. It, it definitely stands out. And yeah, when you Google it, there's nothing else that matches it. Like, that's one of the things. Like, I get that it was funny back in the 60s, but the band called The Band. There's no way you can, like, try to Google that because it's such a generic term. But, like, Ibn Ab is so, yeah, so unique. You can find it anywhere. Now, uh, we always start off our deep dives here talking about story. So, Michael, can you please give us a breakdown of the deep lore and story laid out in Ibn Ab? Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's it. All right, that's take it. a breath, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> There's these two things called Ibanov. <laughs> I remember even Josh, Josh even jokingly said because at one point I was like, guys, I don't know how we're gonna do a deep dive that's longer than like twelve minutes. And Josh is like, what are you talking about? We can break down who's Ib and who's Ob, <laughs> and then that's all he said. <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So, yeah, it, there is no story in this game. This game, you literally launch it, and you're already on level one. You're already running as Ibn Ab. Uh Josh, you're going to get the harder job here today with some heavier lifting. This is, I think, one of those games where it's so hard to describe verbally. Like, a lot of people out there might just want to hit pause and take a minute and watch some gameplay. But doing your best, how would you describe Ibn Ab? 
Ibn Ab is so simple at its core. Uh, you play this game with four buttons. Uh, you know, honestly, like I, I was playing on my keyboard at first. It's just the arrow keys or WASD, to, you know, whatever you prefer. I did switch to controller because it does lend itself to a controller game, but that is it. And I'll be honest, that's kind of refreshing, man. Jumping into a game where it's like, what are all the buttons? I'm so you guys pick on me. Because I rebind everything and I spend 20 minutes in the key binding menu, you <laughs> yes. know, thinking about everything and, and what, what, you know, what do I want to default to? Ibn Ab is just left, right, up and down. That's it. And you, like you said, it dumps you straight into the game and you're like, I don't know, man. It was kind of a breath of fresh air, to be honest with you. But basically, the way that this game plays is your goal is to make it from the left side of the level to the right side of the level. So if you've <laughs> ever played a Mario game, this is just like that. You were just mm-hmm. running to the right and trying to make it to the end of the level. And just like Mario, where you know you've made it to the end because there's a flagpole, Ibn Ab has these weird little shape things with faces that I don't know if they're part of the story or supposed to be your friends or I don't know what they are, but you definitely know when you make it to the end of a level. Um, but along the way, you are basically just trying to overcome any obstacle that's in your way. And the way that Ibn Ab presents obstacles are things that you cannot jump over because they're too tall, mm-hmm. which means you either need to rely on your teammate to stand on their head, have them jump, and then you jump to get that boost, or other things that that become the, the basically the puzzles of this game. We'll get into those here in a little bit. But that is that is the gameplay in its most simplest form is figure out how to go from the left side all the way over to the right side, make it to the end of that level, and then just continue on to the next level. They you will encounter puzzles. These are not pull this lever and open that door and turn these dials type puzzles. This is just how are you going to get around or over or through this obstacle? I think the only major thing that was left out there is the fact that the screen is split in half. And so gravity is just mirrored. So if you are above a certain line, you jump up and your character falls back down. But every once in a while, the game will give you a little portal. And if you just kind of jump through it, now your character is running upside down on that line. And now when you jump, your character shoots downward. And so the game gets very clever in how it uses a lot of those mechanics. So it's it's very physics light, but it is absolutely physics puzzles because it's just figuring out how do I use different things in regards to momentum or getting a boost or whatever it might be to figure out ways to get to higher heights? And it's incredibly simple. I love the way that you described that just now, because I was trying to explain it to my wife. I was like, hey, I want to play this Ibn Ab game with you just to laugh for a little bit. Couch co-op, right? And she's like, well, what are the puzzles like? And I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. But physics <laughs> makes a lot. It's like they're, everything is physics based, you know? And it is yeah. trippy, by the way, when you're the person on the bottom and you're trying to jump over something. Man, man it gets you sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So let's start to break down some of the basic mechanics that they throw to you in this game. So in the very beginning, you know, the game starts off incredibly simple. It just teaches you run to the right. Okay, jump through this portal. Now you're upside down. And then they start to hit you with different things that start to complicate the puzzles, whether it be different forms of enemies or different things that are on the map that you can use to your advantage. Uh, Where do you guys like want to start with this? Let's start it with the enemies first, because I think that's the okay. first obstacle that you actually come across. So there are these little black sea urchin looking things. That's They're basically the only enemy that you really encounter in the game. They do have different sizes and they do move differently, but that's that's it. Like There's not like major enemy variety in this game. 
Um, and the way that the enemies work is they have a weak spot that is either that is in the beginning is on the lower half of the screen. So that's where gravity is inverted. And all you have to do to kill the enemy is simply touch the little white sphere that is on the underside of the enemy. Now, sometimes the enemies are on the lower half of the screen, which means the white sphere is on the top half. And all you have to do is have your buddy just run over and touch it. And the enemy explodes and you get these little crystal things that are like, you know, your completionist, you want to get everyone for a level kind of thing. Um, but that's the first obstacle. Now, this game does some really neat things with those enemies later on where maybe one is so big that you can't jump over it. So you have to launch your buddy over it. Or maybe they move quickly and they start to follow you. Or they bounce up and down or they just sit there and hover until you run under one and then it smashes down to the ground really fast. So you have <laughs> like to kind Mario of figure bumps. out. Yeah, like yeah. honestly. Yeah. And so this the enemies in the game are one of the puzzle mechanics in this game. Now they do provide some hazards. So when there's uh, like, there's like, I'll say platforming light because this isn't like a, you need to jump to this moving platform and time it. Right. But a lot of the skill in that is simply just make sure you time your jump over this enemy or run under them as they're bouncing over you. And it should be noted that if one person gets hit by an enemy, you both die. Yeah. (laughs) And you both explode. Yes. And you lose, you lose your little coins too. Yeah. yeah one of the really neat things about the enemies is that sometimes you get a boost or something and now you're on a ledge and you have to keep dodging the sea urchin until the other person can complete their part of the puzzle and then destroy them on the other side so there were a lot of times that you know, we were getting excited or yelling and you got to keep jumping over these enemies and i thought that was kind of a neat way to also add a little bit of complexity and where you're not just standing around looking at the other person it's almost at all times both people are doing something to solve the puzzle. You're never bored just sitting around for very long. Yeah, and you also, essentially there is a scoring system in this game. So every time you pop one of the opposites, like the the killable Mario side of one of the enemies, a bunch of little diamonds go flying out of it, and these disappear very, very quickly. And you don't have points in any top or bottom, you know, like Mario Brothers tells you how many coins you have. You don't know until you finish the level if you've done, if you've gotten everything or not. And so that was kind of an interesting challenge is that sometimes there would just be one of these diamond things hanging out off the screen. And so you're walking around in this game thinking, well, should we be looking everywhere? Almost like, you know, like how I overthought God of War and I went around trying to like treat it like Elder Scrolls when you look inside every box. You also kind of overthink like, well, am I missing something here? Should we look around a little bit more? Because maybe if you jump on top of me and then jump from there, that we'll see this hidden box somewhere. And I, I'm assuming there's an achievement for getting perfect, for getting all of them. I did not get that. <laughs> not on a single <laughs> level. I don't know if there's an achievement or not, but I did read in one of the interviews with the developer that the entire reason that they put the diamond system into the game, it's actually a mechanic that they just did to force the character's to stay in the same spot together because they noticed in the earliest builds that as soon as the person popped the urchin, they would keep sprinting to the right and they would have to wait a few seconds while the other person caught up. And so they said, what if we make the enemy explode into diamonds on the other side that they collect for two and a half seconds? And now we're actually forcing them to stay lined up vertically. And I thought that was actually really clever. That's it's ingenious. That it's is a really neat way. Brilliant. And, and <laughs> yeah. to, to boot, like, Oftentimes, like that played into my strategy. Like, okay, so you're going to go pop that, but I need to be there when you do that. So I have to time when I jump over there at the same time you're going to. And sometimes, like, 
it, it the timing doesn't work out very well, and it's tough because if you land on the urchin, you're dead. So that that's ingenious the way they did that. And it's not punitive. That's why it's not like oh, you didn't get enough points, so you can't unlock the next level. Right. It was just their little way. Okay, if you see diamonds pop out, who's not going to collect them? You right? have to. Right. They're diamonds. It doesn't, yeah, and it, they don't really mean anything other than just to try to go for your high score. See, I thought that was really clever. I think one of the coolest things in this game were the jump pads. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Now, 100%. these are kind of hard to explain, but... Every once in a while on a level, there will be a, a, a clear little brown pad in the ground, and it doesn't just bounce you. Like, it's not a trampoline where if I jump on it, it automatically shoots me in the air. But what it does let you do is, like, transfer momentum through the jump pad. So if I was standing on the jump pad on the top, and then Josh jumps onto it from the bottom, however high he jumped, it's now going to boost me on the other side. And so a lot of the puzzles required in trying to get one character to a higher level, so that way they could jump and land on a pad and now launch you on the other side. And they ended up using that in really clever ways. Mm-hmm. I know there were a lot of times Josh and I would just stay on the pad, boosting each other up and down talking and trying to figure out what's our next move okay now on the next jump let's both go and then we would have to time that and so i thought that was a really neat mechanic that i don't remember ever quite seeing in a game well these pads also work off of like einstein's theory of relativity like an object that is in motion stays in motion so you don't ever it's like there's no atmosphere right you don't ever lose like if you are jumping three inches up because your buddy bounced you you will perpetually forever do that until you decide to make a decision which it was just really interesting to see that because you think sometimes like do i need to like do i need to try hard do i need to do more are we are we at the right spot it was just really interesting uh tiny tiny fat correction i think you're thinking of newton's laws of motion i that's what i said as fun as as relativity would be like uh like the movie interstellar (laughs) what is what is einstein's theory of is that e equals mc squared yes that is one of Einstein's. yes yes see i'm real smart guys i promise i I advertised that i was smart and i i that's exactly what i said I want Michael to break down special relativity and normal <laughs> relativity. Let's let's see how that goes. Uh, Einstein just sounded smarter than Newton, so I went with one of them. Uh, what other mechanics did you guys find interesting in this game? I thought the uh, the little round orbs that look like balloons that w- would lift you, they would change gravity in a small little area. Um, uh-huh. I thought that was a really neat mechanic. It was one of the more frustrating mechanics for me yes, because whatever reason, my brain just didn't jive with what was going on there. But I did think that it was a really neat aspect that, and I love how this game introduces you to stuff. You're on a new level and that it kind of forces you onto this jump pad or into this bubble or something like that. So it does a very good job of saying like, here's the mechanic for this level. You better get used to it. And it makes it very, very simple at first before it really gets complex quick. But I thought that was neat because not only are you, you know, falling down, when you're on the underside and you're jumping up, you then have to kind of time how you float through these bubbles. And sometimes you need to go from one bubble to another. And it just, it kind of took a game that's linear in, you know, in, in from that left to right aspect and a little bit of the up and down, because you never really go far from that center line to just kind of a whole nother dimension there. As far as like, Hey, you need to float up high for a little while or use the angle that you're going to start falling from 
by floating through this thing, you know, I just I, I thought it was neat that they added that in there and it, it kind of changed some of the mechanics slightly in that regard, but it was it was neat to see, I guess. There was uh the bubbles I, I loved and I thought it was ingenious until one part of the game. There was one oh. part of the game and I was like I it took us like 30 minutes, Stephen and I. He got lucky on the first try and just just happened to... Because you have to sail through like 17 of these bubbles. Off the screen, you can't see where you're going half the time. And at one point, I remember putting the controller down, taking a breath, and being like, okay, the rest of the game was fun. This is just <laughs> frustrating. There is nothing fun about this. I hate it when developers do this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I one of the other things uh, that I thought was cool is that, you know, we already talked about how there's an underside and an overside, right? And there's this white, like, bubbly little line of, like, like little, looks like foam or whatever, where you go from one side to the other. Well, in some cases, this was colored green or it was colored pink, and only that character could go through it, which means that sometimes... You had one dude like really having to do really hard stuff, or maybe the other guy, but it, it just kind of made it so that it wasn't like, oh, you know, I got this real fast. No, the person that had the green character had to do that part, which I thought was nice because there was a couple times where you'd have a green and a pink on the screen at the same time. And it's just like Paul said at the beginning, you're like, how the heck do we get over there? Like, if I have to go through this one and you have to go through that one and they don't, it, it was just, it added an extra level of that go on top and bottom and around things. Yeah. And I think one of the coolest things as the game introduces these mechanics is that the game never just pops up a little tutorial window and tells you, oh, this is a circle inside here. Gravity reverses again. So, you know, like they don't do that. It just makes it. Not even necessarily super clear what you're supposed to do, but all of a sudden you realize, I can't get to this platform, and then it's like, wait, what's that giant circle? We haven't seen any of those before. Maybe I can jump into it, and then all of a sudden you boost your body, and then you realize, oh, that's what it does. So the game never holds your hand, but at the same time, they don't just like introduce things that are impossible to understand. I think everything in the game is rather intuitive. I kind of feel like good games like Rocket League, they're easy to understand and hard to master. And I think this game kind of brings that in spades. If I wanted to be a little bit nitpicky of what I think they left on the table, they did not work in the characters' heights enough. Because Ib is very clearly shorter than Ob, but that's really only used that that I can remember twice yeah, in the whole that's game. That's twice, yeah, I think. Yeah, like there's one little area where uh, uh, a sea urchin is going to roll over a character, and if Ib stands in this little notch, it'll go right over him, and Ib still gets hit straight in the head. Um, so there's like only one or two instances of that. I thought for sure we were going to get more parts where that was going to come to matter, and uh, it, it never actually did. I yeah. was overthinking that a lot too. I was like, "Oh, that's a little bit higher over there. I'll bet I'm supposed to do that." And it's like, "No, it didn't. We just never really did that, you know." Um, yeah. How how long did it? How long did you guys look at your little buddies, the little bouncy balls, and think, "What am I supposed to do with these things?" Only to realize that they really didn't have a purpose. For oh, the I most just part. smashed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just, just I was like, "Kick oh, them through oh, the look, air." They squish when you land on them. Okay, yeah. we're supposed to squish these things. <laughs> yeah. I figured they, that too. Like, <laughs> they did end up serving a utility late in the game, but yeah, may, maybe that's one of the few things we we won't spoil here. All right, well, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with some more multiplayer gaming podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. Now, um, believe it or not, as you're listening to this, this might surprise you. This game does have a single-player mode. Josh did kind of mention that before. Shockingly, some people are very good at playing this game single-player. I started off playing that way, I thought, just as a joke, and I thought I was like doing something most people didn't do. I opened Ibanob, and the game tells you if you're playing on PC, one person can use WASD and the other one use the arrows. And I was like, oh, I wonder how this game works. And I just started controlling both characters. And the beginning is so easy that it was, you know, easy enough even for me to do on the first try. But then I did end up watching some videos on YouTube, and there are people that will use the dual sticks on a controller or on a, a PC by themselves, and they beat the whole game, which really kind of breaks my brain thinking yeah. how someone can multitask and finely tune timing for all of that. That seems crazy to me. Dude, I there's people that. that people that play Elden Ring on bananas too. There's just some yeah. different breeds of people <laughs> out there. Like playing Ibn Ab solo, I think would be almost akin to that. It, it, like we'll, we'll get into some of that here in just a little bit, but I cannot imagine trying to play this entire game solo. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I did read a couple reviews from when this game first came out and Game Informer said, this is not better with a friend. It's only play with a friend. Yeah. And I think we would all agree with yes, that. That's sure. <laughs> you yep. can play it single player. That is hard mode, but I don't think you'll have as much fun. It's going to drain the fun out of it. And I think it's going to become work. All right. So we, uh, we, I think we kind of touched on this, but just to maybe solidify here, do you think that this game is okay to play remotely on Steam or do you have to be on the same couch? I, I would prefer to play it on the same couch, but I would, I would be totally fine with playing it remotely. Yeah. I mean, Paul, you and I did play it remotely. I thought it was perfectly fine. You know, I, I mean, there's always something to be said for being next to somebody like in person. But as far as like from playing this game as anything lost by not sitting next to the person, I don't think so. The only thing that I would add is because there's such a shortage of games that you can play couch co-op. If you're going to play remotely with the buddy, maybe play a different game and save this one for when you do go over because you can't play a lot of games couch co-op these days. That's a really good point. Now, now, Josh, do you remember when we tried playing? co-op cuphead yes and it was with the steam oh, play together or terrible. whatever it's called it was terrible if you have the tiniest bit of lag in a game like that it completely falls apart mm. and it's impossible to play which you did encounter yeah we yeah. sure did and we we gave up <laughs> we yeah. stopped playing it multiplayer because it was too hard online with ibn ab i would say a good 95 percent of the game doesn't require super fine tuning that 
jump time and things like that. There are a couple of occasions where that does come into play, but for the most part, I thought it played pretty well. The way that they kind of try to make up for it is you you can grab your mouse and move it around and it'll draw a little line on the screen. So if you want, you can kind of like show, okay, jump through here and then bounce up here and you can draw it with your mouse. But I, I do think this game would work rather better on the same couch. So on the PlayStation, you use the left stick to move around. The right stick is what draws that line. And so you don't know what it is. And I'm like, is my character like farting this color? Like, what is he <laughs> doing? <laughs> to fall. Yeah. And like, how are you doing that? <laughs> right. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, is this like, what am I supposed to do with this line? And then I look and I'm like, I think this is so that if we can't talk to each other we show each other what to do with that little line i'm like so many of this game because like like paul said earlier it doesn't spell out what to do with these things you just got to figure it out and that was part of it by the way when you mentioned earlier the lag issue like if you were to play not on the couch co-op guys i just fit that's why i died so much at bro force i had more lag than you guys yeah, had nobody Maybe. else said that that's bro. what it was <laughs> yeah. it for me and josh it's my <laughs> oh, we're always talking about how fast my internet too is so it's impossible <laughs> like, oh yeah yeah the the lag did not force Michael to shoot the uh, fire extinguisher directly in front of him and us. You know, I don't think that's lag. Or run straight uh, off the cliff. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure it did. Sure, the lag told me to do it, guys. It told, whispered my ear. Oh, how funny. All right, so I, I do have two quotes here that I wanted to read you guys, just as we kind of, you know, wrap things up before we move into our normal segments here to end the show. But in talking about the difficulty curve, I thought that both of these quotes were kind of interesting, and it kind of shows the two sides of the same coin. So this first quote is from PC Gamer. The puzzles start pleasantly... Is that the word? Pleasingly? Pleasingly. Pleasing. Pleasing. It's not pleasantly. That's not what they wrote. It's it's pleasingly, which I have yeah. never said in my life. All right. The, the puzzles start pleasingly enough and slowly scale up in complexity until they are as brain-bending as anything in Portal 2. In fact, Portal 2 is a good comparison. Almost every puzzle in Ibn Ab requires both of you to help each other, and the cerebral puzzling is mixed with some very satisfying momentum mechanics. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that the first... How many levels are there? There's 15 levels, right? Uh, something yeah. like that. 15 or 16. I don't yeah. know if this is considered a spoiler. I well, don't think and it eight, is. eight secret levels as well. Wait, what? Yeah, there's there's hidden levels uh, in this game. You didn't find any of the secret levels, Michael? You didn't find any? Michael? You're, you're pulling my leg, aren't <laughs> no. you? No. No, absolutely what? There's not. There's secret levels? Oh, no. How do you... Oh, and they're no. harder. They're, they're the hardest You got to find them, Michael. I don't want to do secret levels now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I did not know. You guys are kidding, right? Come on. We are not joking. It's not April 1st. Okay, well, I got to go back then. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> the first 13 levels kind of remind me of like an old game called Bubble Bobble on the NES. Anybody ever plays this little tiny dragon? Yeah. It's like ding, 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 ding. There's pleasant music and, and kind of chillax, and you're just, you're just chilling out trying to solve these puzzles. The last two levels... I can tell you where those two levels can go, and I can't say it on this podcast. <laughs> H-E double hockey sticks. Is it H-E double hockey sticks? They yeah. were hard. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it, was, it was good hard, though, but it was hard at the end. It, it definitely does ramp up. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I thought that Portal 2 was an interesting comparison, because even though you're not using any portals, the fact that it is still physics-based, but it's also 2D, which I think innately makes it easier than Portal 2. 
Um, but I think that it is kind of a good comparison. Now, here is what Game Informer said, which I thought was also interesting. Early levels regularly introduce new gimmicks. For example, stay close to your partner to light up a dark level. Or gameplay elements, bounce pads, new enemies, etc., and clever new puzzles. But the creativity starts to peter out in the late stages. Rather than introducing new puzzles that further test your problem-solving abilities, it presents basic platforming sections that task you simply with dodging enemies. Instead of feeling satisfied after conquering a brain-teasing gravity puzzle, I had to memorize tedious enemy patterns." Challenging platforming can be fantastic when done right, but in Ibn Ab, it can feel out of place and half-baked. What starts as a smart puzzle game that features platforming starts to feel like a ho-hum platformer by the end. Boo. Uh, Boo, I say. <laughs> here's, here's why. Because I, I do hear what they're saying. I, I understand. Too. I understand what they're saying. And this is why, kind of why I waited to chime in on the difficulty talk on this, because here's the thing with this game. Yes, it starts off easy. The music in this game, because we don't have time to get into the music and the graphics a whole lot. It's beautiful. I, th- I found it to be a beautiful game. The music is Simple, super but cool. Beautiful. One yeah. level I even commented to you, I was like, Paul, this, this music is my jam. I felt like I was in some <laughs> weird techno-y alternate universe or something, man. So aesthetically, this game is is very pleasing, and it's it starts off that way, which I think is misleading to a lot of people because they think this is just going to be a chill kind of trippy co op experience, and then you get about halfway through the game and you start having to use your brain, and then you go, oh, oh, okay, well that wasn't that bad, but then at the end of the game they put it all together, and these puzzles get hard. Yeah. I mean, they get hard, man. Paul and I are two smart dudes, you know? And Mike, I'm not leaving you out on purpose. It's just that I played with Paul, so I don't know how smart you are in this game, you know? Um, Multiplayer gaming podcast, colon, two smart dudes. You know? And Michael. And Michael. <laughs> Who's about half as smart as half of you on your half best day. Yeah. Wait, but what? Paul, I mean, we're two very intelligent <laughs> yeah. guys, and we yeah. were like, what the heck are we supposed to do? We got in our own way a lot as we well. Did. We tried making oh, yeah. some puzzles too complicated. I think we actually broke a puzzle in the solution that we weren't <laughs> supposed to do like no yeah. lie paul and i had the most amazing timing jump ever made where i jumped <laughs> off of him while he was falling past me jumped yeah. off his head and made it to a ledge and then from then on we're like wow these puzzles are hard so then the next time i'm like well i gotta jump off your head again and we finally broke down and i will admit we did google the answer to this one puzzle because we yeah. could not figure it out because we were trying to do what we did before which was almost like a glitch yeah. You know, and we were yeah. like, but then we saw the solution. We're like, we're idiots. We made that way harder than it needed to be. Was yeah. it one of the parts where you have to like slingshot around a few times, like and jump cleverly? Well, that was the problem. We yeah. were forcing, we were forcing a massive like gravity loop where one of us would get on a high ledge and then hit a jump pad. And then Josh at the bottom would do like a serpentine move and then shoot out the portal up to the top and then all the way to the left and land on another jump pad that I would run to. And finally, that was, and that, that's why we started on the wrong foot. Like we started off with, okay, clearly Josh has to do this serpentine move. Mm-hmm. And we got, we were so hyper focused on that that we completely missed the fact that Oh, you just boost one person to the right and the other person just stands on this pad and they can shoot all the way to the right and the level ends. And so it was just so funny that just by having the wrong step one, we wasted a good 
20 minutes and that's when we broke down and said all right let's check youtube and then we just could not stop laughing guys steven and i did the exact same thing like did we're you? looking at this and and i'm like there's gotta be like what do we do here like this is getting ridiculous <laughs> and i think that was the one time we broke down and we're like we have to because we were not gonna do it it's like level 13 or something too like it's late in the game and we were like we're not gonna look it up not gonna and it was like we had to and we we, we felt so dumb we yeah. felt so dumb yeah this game will do that to you all right well that shares a little bit about what we think about Ibanob. josh you got a couple community reviews to read i do as we always do with every deep dive we always like to give other opinions on the games that we cover we're going to give our opinions here in just a little bit but we like to kind of say hey what what does the community think what are some of the negative reviews what are some of the positive reviews and so i always pull a few of those so this first one is not recommended this person has three and a half hours on record which is not quite enough to beat the game, I would say. <laughs> no, it's um, not a long been? game, but maybe halfway, a little bit past halfway, maybe. But so they say it has a cute style, and this game is fun and a nice casual co-op at first. But once you get into the difficulty ramp ups, and I think it is too hard if you are looking for a game to play with people who are casuals, which is what I wanted from this game. So this guy basically got to where it gets difficult and went, that's not what I was looking for. <laughs> right. and, and then just said, that's not for me. We're not joking when we say some of these puzzles are hard, man. Like, oh, yeah. they, they're not unsolvable by any means, especially if you're willing to just try a lot of different things. But there is a significant ramp up in the your ability to solve these puzzles easily. So I, I never uh, felt like it was punishing. Right, exactly. It was more just yeah, were we no. overthinking it or we're so stupid we didn't see that solution right in front of us kind of thing. Yeah, I never felt like it was out of grasp. Like, oh, I wish I studied physics more and I could solve right. this puzzle. Yeah, like, none like of it that. reaches that level. Yes, yeah. it does. That, that <laughs> stupid bubble part. <laughs> the stupid bubble jumpy part where I'm like, it's stupid bubble jump. I oh. Legitimately, if I play this game again, I'm going to throw my controller again at that part. all right this next one is recommended seven hours on record so that's about what i would say they you know they beat the game and it says incredible and cute puzzle game you can play it alone but i'd honestly advise to play with a teammate the co-op is much better and funnier some puzzles are a bit tough sometimes but a good teamwork can solve any of them it's a typical ps3 indie game original fun cute and relaxing just awesome if you want to have a great time i strongly recommend it 10 out of 10 Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I, disagree. Yeah, it's uh, there's not a ton of games like this anymore, and and the, the their kind of reference to the typical PS3 indie game was a good uh, a good throwback to that. Yeah, so. I couldn't. I I was surprised that it came out on the PS3 because when I searched for it on PlayStation, they're like, it's not on PS3 or PS4 or PS5, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll play it on the computer on the decks, and then I found it in like the you know if you have like this PS Plus, you can play any PlayStation 3 game for streaming it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Older than I thought. All right. This next one is recommended 3.3 hours on record. And it says, this game is a delight. It's simple and challenging in just the right amounts. Most of the puzzles stumped us when we first encountered them, but only for a few moments. Never long enough to feel frustrating. It's a cycle of, wee! What? Aha! Wee! <laughs> <laughs> Verbatim. Yeah, that's is, I, that's, hey, man, that's what the review time. says. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> This isn't something I would normally praise, but I also appreciate the lack of a backstory or anything like that. You just drop in and go. It gives the game an admirably cl- an admirable clarity of focus. Ib, ob, and things that make Ib and ob pop. What more do you need? Good stuff. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Like, can you imagine if they had some kind of cutscene and Ibnob have a third friend named I don't know no. Nob it's, or something yeah. that got kidnapped and you're <laughs> trying to to Nob. get him? It would be so stupid. Yeah. Like, I I do love literally. They just tell you these are the buttons, and it's not even really four buttons on PC. It's actually three because up and down both just jump, <laughs> and that's all they tell you. And then you just start playing. It's great. That'd yeah. be like that'd be like it, a, a comparison overcooked. Like, why do we have the meatball story with the oh oh oh? Just just let us solve the puzzles. You know, like why is this here? The yeah. worst part of overcooked is mashing the button trying to skip all the cutscenes. Right. So yeah, it's the worst. Good point. Yeah. All right, this last one is not recommended. 5.8 hours on record. This game started off really fun as a co-op game with my partner, but by level 11, you need a third player. No walkthroughs on YouTube explained <laughs> how to do it with just two people on PC. <laughs> yeah. This is funny because they thought, like, we need a third person to solve this. And it's like, no, you just didn't, you know, you just didn't solve the puzzle. So. I had to That's pull funny. that one. All right. Okay. So that is some of the reviews from the community. Now we play a little game where we try to guess the overall uh, community rating for this game. We use the Steam score system of zero to 100%. Um, who won last time? I think it was Paul. Paul was back was in the me. winner's column. All right, Paul. So you're guessing first. All right. I think this is going to be relatively high, but I don't think it's going to be like overwhelmingly positive or anything like that. My gut just says 89% and I'm going to stick with it. 89%. Okay. All right. Michael? You have no idea. Um, can I buy a vowel? Sorry. Too, 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 too many <laughs> Michael has been playing lately. a lot of Wheel of Fortune on PC lately. He did tell he us. Yeah, yeah, it was in the Squadcast. So, yeah, by the way, just, yeah, you can have access to the Squadcast if you, uh, multiplayer squad.com, not multiplayer player podcast, but, uh, for nonsense. Um, Michael but, wants RSTLNE. I do. Yeah, <laughs> Show him which ones are up there. Yes. Um, I I want to give it a. I don't want to do this to Paul, but I also do want to do it to Paul. I want to give it an eighty-eight. Ooh, I like it. I never do. I never do those where I go one below. I did that one time and I felt really bad about it. So since I have no idea, <laughs> I just want to win. I won. I got a taste of victory one time two games ago, and I want it back. Oh, I really hope Josh wrote down eighty-seven. It would be fantastic. <laughs> I actually wrote down eighty-nine percent. Which oh, you stole oh. from me, Paul. <laughs> and so since Michael Over didn't under. want to admit to being devious, I'm going to sandwich Michael so he has no, no! chance of winning this. And I'm going to say 87%. <laughs> so, so no! sorry, Michael. <laughs> is, is that how it works? Yeah, I <laughs> Can think we check so. the bylaws? The, so, uh, Probably the, the most actual- adorable sandwich ever. The actual on this game is 91%. Oh, over the wow. 90s, which means that Paul, you win again. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my You know what's you know what's yeah. hilarious is the number I was going to pick was 91. Like no joke. I was like 91. I'm like, "No, I want to be devious." Sure you were, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so All one right, time Paul. was devious. Well, it is your right to take us into this next segment. Oh boy! All right, are are, are, are Ib and Ob humans? I don't I don't know who to hit on. I would totally right. hit on Ob if I was Ob? Ib. So okay. <laughs> fair enough. All right, let's hit that music. Uh, hey, hey there, Ob. Do you like raisins? How do you feel about a date? All right, oh, this no. segment is called "Make Love, Marry, or Murder." This is where all three. Wow, I get to keep it. I get to keep 
introducing this segment, guys. I feel you like do. I've been doing it every I week. Know. All right. All three of us give this game our individual rating. Is it marriage material where you would say marry? Is it a game that you can have some fun, but you don't want to commit to it long term? Or maybe it's only worth getting on sale? Then that would be make love. Or is it murder material where we do not recommend it at all? Um, I'm happy to go first. I'm going to say as much as I did enjoy it, it is price dependent. For us, getting it at $2.39, yeah, that's an absolute steal. Absolutely. That is marriage. Everyone should play it. The game is short. Josh and I played three sessions that were like 90 minutes each. So it is rather short. And this game does normally go for $11.99 for one copy. I think that might be a bit too much. You can do $13.99 for a double pack where you get to send one copy to a friend, but it's not like a guest copy. You just gift it to one person and and they're the only one that gets it. So I'm going to say that if it's full price, it's make love. If it's on sale, it's marry. If you're going to force me to say one or the other, I would say make love, but as high of make love as it can be. (laughs) It's like engaged. Yes. Engage it. And then maybe, maybe you run at the altar uh you know maybe but that that's that's what i'm gonna do runaway bride yeah Rich, runaway bride Richard, that's my Rich, rating we don't get to, <laughs> we don't get to name drop richard gear movies very often on this show but we just did it no good way good old runaway bride <laughs> haven't seen that one in a while <laughs> right probably for what, good reason what about you michael what's your rating um this is a magical game it's magical in so many different ways uh not often do you come across a game that you can play with your dad if you're like me in your mid-40s, <laughs> your friends, your wife, and your children. Anybody at any age really can play this game. And I think at, what did you say, eleven ninety nine, the price point? Yeah. I, I'm still absolutely marrying this game at that price point. I think that it's just, it was, it was magical. I don't even know how to explain it, except for it was magical. Like you... The, the puzzles are, everything about it, it gets increasingly difficult as you go, but not unmanageable. And when I was complaining earlier about the last two levels being really hard, it's a short game. You can make the last two levels super hard. You know, give me a strong challenge. Uh, I did find it a little bit annoying that 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 one guy's uh, comparison of like a, a platformer, at, there was a couple parts at the end where I felt like it was a little bit aggressive platformer and there wasn't really a puzzle in there. But aside from those two minor gripes, I had so much fun with this game. I will absolutely play it again. I can't wait. Like, and I don't remember all the puzzles, you know? So if somebody comes over, like, or I can play it with my wife if I want to, um, or if just a buddy of mine comes over in a year and I'm like, let's play a couch co-op, I got a good one. And I think for that reason, even at eleven ninety nine, I think it has pretty strong replayability. And I think for that, for that, I just I gotta marry it, and I'll play it again. All right, fair enough, Josh. I I love a pleasant surprise. Uh, having never even heard of this title until we were forced to play it. You know what I mean? I had no idea what to expect. The first time I played this game, I played it with my daughter because I said, hey, I want to boot this game up and you have to play it with me. So we just shared the keyboard and played together for the first like two levels. I mean, she plays games, but this was it was instantly we both knew exactly what to do. I love the ease of just dropping into this game. Michael, you mentioned it with your dad. Anybody can pick this up and play it, which is a rarity these days. I found the aesthetics of this game to be super pleasing. Like I said, the graphics and the music are great. I think for me, this is an easy marry. 
Honestly, um, even at the thirteen ninety nine price point, that's two people. I, and I actually just looked up. We I have five point two hours of playtime, and we beat the game. So, so two people that get five hours of entertainment shared together for thirteen dollars is is a no brainer for me as well. I understand the thought process that sometimes this game can be difficult. There's no way my young youngest daughter would have wanted to finish this game with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she right. would have just gotten frustrated and left at that point, but she could play it with me. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed this, man. It actually kind of surprised me at that, but I loved every minute that I got to play this game. So for me, it's a Mary. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So two, two Marys and one runaway bride. Yeah. <laughs> we are not making that rating. an official category. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, We're it's coming. It. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have one last segment here. Let's go to our leaderboard and see where this game stacks up. All right. In case anyone is new to the show and isn't aware, we have an overall master leaderboard where we rank every game that we do a deep dive episode on. If you want to check it out, it's at multiplayerpodcast.com. Guys, we have now covered 87 games. I feel like this wow. number just keeps getting so much higher so fast. Time goes quick. It's crazy. Uh, it's like we it's like every time we do a deep dive, we add one more to it. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. So, uh as opposed to Mike Love Mary or Murder, yeah, the two two smart guys in my quote quote Einstein. <laughs> So basically, whereas Make Love, Marry, or Murder is an individual rating, the leaderboard, we have to come to a three-person consensus. How do we rank this against everything else? To give you a couple of uh, placeholders, we've got stuff on here like Apex Legends at 8. We've got Resident Evil Village at 33. We've got uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes at 50. We have Fall Guys at 78, so on and so forth. So what are you guys thinking about this one here? Like where where are you, where are you thinking? What kind of range? This one's tough. I'm having a really hard time with this one. Yeah. To be honest, I I mean I know I just I just talked this game up. I married it. I, Bro Force I, is thirty eight. I, I see. I looked at Bro Force, but then I looked at Risk of Rain because that's a good co op type game, completely different in nature. But you know, hey, that's a cooperative game. Um, Risk I mean, of we, Rain has infinite replayability. Oh, in I, it opinion. does for sure. I, but that's what yeah. I'm, that was my thought is, well, I can't put it above Risk of Rain, which is sitting at 24. Um, and then I look in the 30s or early 40s, and it's kind of like, okay, Broforce does come to mind. Tribes of Midgard, I don't, that game could move lower for me. What about Keep Talking at 50? But, and see, that's the thing. Again, Keep Talking, in I think, has a higher high for sure. But I can't just, I mean, I could just pick up and play with somebody, but it's not as easy at the same time. It's my party game. So that's why this one's tough for me. And normally I have a number in mind, but I don't. don't. So what do you guys? I feel like we just had almost this exact same conversation with Dungeon Defenders. Like it was very similar. It's like, hey, you can go in. It's a quick game. It's a lot of fun. Um, I I don't know which one's better. I mean, I think I think comparing it to Broforce, but I look at number 34, for instance, Deep Rock Galactic, and I'm like, I'd rather play this game than Deep Rock Galactic, just because it's fresh, it's so unique and so different, and the the ability to do a couch co-op is just, I maybe I'm spoiled by it because it was so much fun in that aspect, so I don't know where to put it, but I think maybe like 34, <laughs> or 30, or 
We're right next to Dungeon Defenders at 29 or 27 or 28. <laughs> where, where are you at with this, Paul? You were the lowest of the three of us, but not by much. Uh, it's funny that we're all in the same spot because I think we all love the game, but the simplicity and the shortness is kind of what makes it tough. Right. I would have trouble putting this above the likes of like Far Cry 5 and RimWorld, even Lost Ark for all its faults. You get so much out of that game for free. So for this one, I would have trouble putting it above Broforce, but I'd be fine having it in the worse 30s into the better 40s since we never know how to describe numbers yeah. i i would <laughs> late have, 30s early 40s yes yeah, somewhere in there <laughs> um which coincidentally is all of us see what we did there oh you got it right yep. late there yep. okay. yeah, gotcha. oh i forgot you guys are the smart ones on this show of course you got two, it <laughs> multiplayer gaming podcast two old guys and paul yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right um honestly i have no heartburn at putting it like at 39 Right That's, in between Bro Force and V Rising. I'm not gonna lie. In my when I was giving that range, I was thinking if anyone says 39, I'm just gonna say that's fine with me. I think that works for me too. To yeah. be honest, it's I, not too I low really, for you, Josh. It's not because I I'm I'm very torn on this one, which I never am on the leaderboard. Like honestly, I've usually always got something in mind, but I could I could make arguments for ranking it near dungeon defenders in the 20s the 30s or the 40s you know i I, honestly i could argue each of that i don't think that this game will be as widely loved as some of the other games even though i think there's just something to be said for its approachability and the low price Mm -hmm. and the co-op nature of it but 39 i think is a is a really good landing spot for it yeah part of me in my head is like i want to put this in the top 20 because it was refreshing it's new it's a great couch co-op but i can't do that in good conscience because it is short and if you do play it a couple times you're gonna know the puzzles then it will lose its allure really fast so yeah. i think we're in a good spot plus you look at top 20 and it's like how do you argue this game by bumping out something like terraria stardew oh, valley there's no way you oh, can't well, it's yeah. not too hard to bump out stardew valley <laughs> All right. With that being said, that, that wraps up today's deep dive. Uh, we kick, do want to say... Hold on. You kick me, I kick you back. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Two smart guys. Don't you be bad talking Stardew Valley, Michael. Right. All right. So, uh, yeah, to let you guys know out there, you know, we do want to say thank you once again to Marble Madness for going legendary and picking this game. We want to say thank you to all of the rest of our Patreon supporters and for everyone for listening do please check out our Patreon page for those extra episodes by also helping out our show. That's MultiplayerSquad.com. And you can toss us a follow on socials everywhere at MultiplayerPod. And then our next deep dive is going to be in two weeks, and that will be on the game for Spoken, which we are all currently playing. And we hope that you'll come back on Thursday when we break down recent gaming news. So until you join us next time, happy gaming, everybody. Cheers, all. All right. See you, everybody.